Next week is the 100th birthday of the Oreo cookie. March 6th. And you may think you know the best way to eat an Oreo cookie. Maybe there's no perfect way. Right. But we found what we think is the best way. This comes from the blog Pleasant Home. What you want to do is take your Oreo and a fork. Getting an Oreo here. And stab the Oreo in the cream filling. Not too deep, just, just enough to get purchase. Be gentle. And then what you do is you take that speared Oreo and you dip it into your glass of milk. Full full submersion. It's kind of like you know the story of Achilles where uh, he was held in the flame that made him um, invincible. But she had to hold him by his Achilles heel. It's probably just called his heel, actually. Just his heel. Well, back then, yeah. 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 So there's usually a part of the Oreo cookie that doesn't get the milk. Right. But this way, you have a completely dunked cookie. There you go. No Oreos heel. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. This week, we'll tell you how to forge a signature like a pro. Yeah. And how to get a song out of your head. But first... You may have heard this story this week about a couple in Long Island who was enjoying a calm, warm night outside when it started raining. In fact, it was raining black sludge from above, and the couple believed it was the contents of a lavatory of a plane passing overhead. I can't imagine that the airplane was leaking this material. There's really no way for it to. That's our friend Captain Bob. He says the only way this stuff ever falls from the sky is in the form of blue ice. Uh, You'll hear about it crashing through someone's house from time to time. The valves on the aircraft um, where they extract the fluid on the ground for the truck sometimes leak. And if that happens as the fluid leaks out just a little bit, doesn't have to be a lot, it'll start to freeze. And as more fluid leaks out, it, it, it freezes to the side of the aircraft or the bottom of the aircraft. And it turns into a big ice ball, essentially. And when it gets large enough uh, the, or the uh, airspeed is high enough, it'll break off and fall through somebody's roof. But people on the ground haven't always been safe from waste from airplanes. Forrest Wickman writes the explainer column for Slate magazine, and he's looked into some of the history of transatlantic bathroom breaks. Charles Lindbergh, actually, on his um, historic flight uh, across the Atlantic, the one that made him so famous, um, right after that, he uh, was given an audience with, with King George V, and uh, King George, uh, at some point, uh, leaned forward, uh, according to counts, accounts of the event, and, and asked, uh, there's one thing I want to know, how did you pee? And uh, so Lindbergh explained that in his airplane, he had uh, uh, his his chair was made of, of wicker, and there was a hole in it, and there was a, a funnel below that hole, and his waist, you know, whenever nature called, he it would go down through there into a, a, a sort of aluminum can, and uh, and so he explained that, and said that uh, he just it, rather than show up with it uh, in in Bourget, which is the airplane uh, airport he landed in, that he just dropped it over France. So King George had one question he could ask, and it was about peeing. That's right. All right, Forrest, this was great. Great. I I think it's safe to say that if this show, if How to Do Everything has a hero, it's it's MacGyver, right? MacGyver. All right, MacGyver, think. Rope. A smoke alarm. Sheets of plywood. Yeah. It just might work. 
It's time for MacGyver Test Kitchen, where we try out a how-to we saw on a TV show and see if it actually works. Today we're going to do How to Forge a Signature, and this is from the USA show White Collar. How'd you do that? Well, your hand is programmed over years to write letters a certain way. You try to mimic someone else's and your own style will always creep in. But turn the signature upside down and it becomes nothing more than a drawing. All you have to do is copy the lines. Your preconceptions about letters go away and you have a perfect signature. It's a neat trick. Don't so the theory it. is if you copy a signature upside down, you'll do a better forgery. So here to help us out with this are Molly and Brian. They're going to try forging each other's signatures. Uh, first right side up and then upside down. Okay. Okay, confidence. All Just right. This is this is my. I used to do this with my mom's signature sometimes. Really, and it's all about confidence. Now here's what I want you to do. All right. Uh, flip the signature you are forging upside down. Okay. If you could. Mm-hmm. And forge it as best you can. I wish people didn't write in chicken scratch, but. Well, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> that looked horrible. What I did. Okay, Mike. Okay. We have here. Brian's original signature. Okay. And you see uh, two two forgeries next to it. Wow. All right. Which yeah. one is superior? The second one looks to me to be slightly more convincing. Yeah. It's a more like, one a looks habitual LSD, thing. LSD induced, and one looks regular. I can't even. The I don't second, remember. The e- second signature was done upside down. Are you serious? Yes. All right. All right. Let's look at Brian's. That whole upside down thing really t- messed with my head. Yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't like it. It's. I mean, it's. This is like. This is like another. This is like Cyrillic. That well, this is. Here, Ian. Why don't you try it? Okay. Without sh- without showing me, I'm not gonna look. All right. I guess we're hey. hearing the music again. All right. So I've given. That's it, good. I've Ian. given it a try. Which is what's the superior forgery? This is the original. What's the superior forgery? All right. Um, mm. neither one is very good. Well, and yeah. that they're both they, they're both equally bad. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe this one. That's my upside down one. Well, I th- I think that two out of three, uh, my my upside down signature and Molly's upside down signature were more convincing. <laughs> Mine was horrible. Yours was horrible, but I think two out of three. I think we can give this the MacGyver Test Kitchen stamp of approval. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. You know what that sound means? It's the 90s. It's time for the world's best worst song competition. You send songs that you love but recognize other people do not love. Listeners vote, we'll choose who wins, and you'll be confirmed as having terrible taste in music. So, last week, we built this city, faced off against Mr. Roboto, and in a result that surprises no one, Starship won. Congratulations to Cesar. But now it's on to this week, where Chad has suggested the thong song by Cisco. This song is so great because I don't know, you know, it just dumps like a truck, flies like a what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is he? What is he trying to get? Uh, trying to get at? And then you know, you, is, whenever you repeat the word "thong" over and over again, it always, that's always great. Oh, 
The thong song is going up against a pick from Amy, uh, We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. Amy, do you ever catch yourself singing this? Yes, frequently, whenever I hear any of those names mentioned. Any of the names in the song can be a cue to start singing the song. Most of them, yes. Yeah. That makes sense. So like have you... Rock and Roller Cola Wars, I can't take it anymore. Like, oh. if anybody ever talks about Rock and Roll and Cola Wars... Yeah, I've been there. There I go, yeah. start singing again. Yeah. And the cola wars come up all the time. Who doesn't want to sing history class? Yeah, most people. Most people. Yep. Okay. But control All right, get your picks in. Uh, which song is worse to you? We Didn't Start the Fire or the Thong Song? And we should note, next week will be the final round of the World's Best Worst Song Competition, round eight. Yeah, we're mostly just because we're really tired of hearing these songs. And and you are too. We've We've got several comments and questions. Those of you who have complained about these songs getting stuck in your head. Right. Sarah, Windler, and Julie have all asked how to get rid of an earworm. Joining us now is Vijay Krishnan. He's a professor of marketing at Northern Illinois University. So, so Vijay, how do I get a song out of my head? Well, you know, don't set that up as a conscious goal. I can think of an analogy. You know, if you're chewing gum, when you put the chewing gum into your mouth, your mouth starts to chew. You know, after a little bit, you realize that you're just, you know, unconsciously, non-consciously, just continuously chewing. You're not particularly enjoying the process. So what right. you do, you just spit it out. Yeah. And a song stuck in your head is kind of like your mind chewing a thought. It's kind of like a cognitive itch. You know, and theoretically, uh, this mechanism is called the ironic process theory. Uh, you know, they had an interesting experiment. They uh, had people not think about a white bear, you know. The moment I tell you, don't whatever you do, don't think about a white bear. You're going to end up thinking about white bear. You know, yeah. you're going to see white bear everywhere. You know, if I tell you, don't think about your Chevy Equinox, you're going to see Chevy Equinox at every intersection. I'm seeing a Chevy Equinox being driven by a white bear right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no. You know, the ironic process theory says that, you know, what happens is that there are two parts of our mind. One part is continuously vigilant, thinking, you know, trying to avoid the problem. So it keeps saying, oh, what was that thought that I wanted to avoid? What was that song that I wanted to avoid? And this goes in an endless loop, which actually ends up bringing up whatever you wanted to avoid <laughs> yeah. into greater salience. This seems like a, that seems like just a kind of a bad design for a brain. Like, why would that, how would that part that is constantly reminding you of the thing that you desperately want to stop thinking about, how right. could that be a benefit to you? Because, you know, our mind is wired to be goal-oriented. So the moment you set yourself up a goal, then your brain starts to remind you constantly of that goal. Now, that's why, that's what I mean by saying, don't 
set yourself the goal of wanting to get rid of the annoying song in your head. So when the song starts playing, well, you start play, you start thinking about another song. You deliberately start humming another song, right? And make sure that you you hum a different another song every time. Over time, your mind will learn to associate the annoying tune with many so many different things that it will simply dissipate and fade away. Well, Vijay, thank you so much for this. This was uh, this was great. And thank you very much. And, you know, if my Indian accent becomes an earworm, there's not much I can do about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just stop thinking about it. We'll do our yeah, best. Yeah. You have a great day now. You know, another way to get a song out of your head if you're unable to uh, eliminate the goal, um, there's a website called unhearit.com, which will play you another earworm-inducing song huh. to help get whatever's in your head out. That does it for this week's show. What'd you learn, Ian? I learned that King George just as interested in, in Charles Lindbergh's pee as I've always been. It's pretty amazing that, yeah, you meet somebody who's done this great feat, and your first question is, where'd you pee? It's weird. You, you, never, you never think about some things needing to be invented. But hearing that story about Charles Lindbergh, you realize there was a time when uh, somebody had to think, we should put bathrooms in airplanes. We shouldn't just have people pee into their wicker seats bathrooms there's an idea how to do everything is produced by blake Haga with technical direction from lorna white special assistance this week from showbiz newhouse our intern this week is kate casey she did not start the fire it was burning long before she got in here if you have a question you can send it to us at how to at npr.org or check out our website how to do everything.org i'm ian and i'm mike thanks thanks